Chapter Four of the Submarine Boys and the Smugglers by Victor G. Durham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Four One Way to Soothe a Dog. It was hard to wait that last half hour, muttered Benson, as he halted in the shadow of some trees. Yet it wouldn't do to prowl about the pier while there was too bright lightning one flash might undo a good night's work i guess the lightning has gone by now however it was still raining heavily but the downpour jack counted as his friend as he walked he peered sharply ahead down the dark waterfront road nor did the young submarine officer wholly neglect to keep a watch astern whenever he came to a clump of trees he halted under them taking a still more complete survey of his surroundings i don't believe captain redbeard will be abroad tonight, unless he has real business out in the open young benson reflected during one of these halts under a tree i wonder if he and his helper are now ashore or aboard ashore i hope for i'd really like a little chance to look over the velvet without being observed as he neared the pier in question he now found all in darkness save for the single dim masthead light required by law as lieutenant jack neared the land end of the pier he once more halted looking keenly for any sign of life aboard the velvet no light shone from the cabin the schooner carried no forecastle, having instead a tiny galley forward being engaged supposedly in fishing most of her hull space was taken up with hold where tons of fish could be dropped there was no light in the galley either which was where jake would be most likely to be seated if he were astir though it was not yet quite nine in the evening the hour was not too early for tired fishermen to be in their bunks now it makes a heap of difference to me mused the young officer whether the skipper jake and anyone else who may belong to the craft is ashore or merely in the good old bunk on board while prowling in this fashion it wouldn't be good taste to arouse a sleeper after waiting peering and listening for some five minutes jack benson decided to go softly down the pier taking further observations from a point nearer the schooner Grrr, sounded in his path so unexpectedly that jack benson leaped back instantly before him having appeared from somewhere out of the darkness of the night stood a most belligerent-looking bulldog it was a capable business-like animal so far as appearance went the beast continued growling in low notes while watchfully eyeing the movements of lieutenant jack now even if this beast wouldn't bite murmured benson to himself as he stood his ground the least that he will do will be to advertise my coming to anyone who may be sleeping on board confound it i never had as just reason for disliking bulldogs as i have at this present moment after eyeing the dog a little longer 
Benson held out a hand coaxingly. Nice old fellow, he ventured soothingly, and took a short step forward. Grrrr, dryly replied the nice old fellow, bristling and displaying a few more formidable teeth. Now, confusion to you, you're going to spring. If I take half a step more, aren't you? murmured Jack Benson. With that he drew back step by step. Mr. Bulldog didn't offer to follow, but bristled and watched. You'll permit me to get away, but you won't allow me on the pier, muttered Jack. You're a good, honest, even if too suspicious dog. The young lieutenant continued under his breath. And I don't in the least like what I'm going to have to do to you. Eyeing the dog all the time to guard against surprise, Benson fumbled in his pockets until his fingers clutched at a pocket handkerchief. This is an odd weapon to use in whipping a bulldog, Benson grimaced, but I've seen it work before, and I believe it will this time, too. There was nothing novel in the stratagem that Lieutenant Jack was now about to test. It takes grit and steady nerves, however, if one is to put the trick through successfully. Folding the handkerchief, grasping one end in either hand, Benson now advanced slowly yet steadily. Come on and get it, muttered the young submarine officer in a low voice. Grrr. Mr. Bulldog showed reliable signs of being about to leap at his enemy. Take that, then, taunted Lieutenant Jack, thrusting both hands forward. Regarding the handkerchief as the weapon with which he was being threatened, the dog leaped straight forward, fastening his teeth over it. Bump! Jack threw back his right foot, then swung it instantly forward, landing it in a strenuous kick over the exposed pit of the brute's stomach. At least a dozen feet the bulldog was hurled, landing on its back with all its breath gone. That's a nasty trick to play even on an ugly dog, Jack admitted to himself. Yet it was the only thing to be done in this case. After perhaps a full minute, the dog got painfully upon its feet. It did not whine or moan, but crawled toward land, a dejected whipped brute, with spirit gone, at least for the present. No more trouble to be expected from you, my friend, Jack Benson murmured under his breath. You have my fullest apologies, poor old fellow even though you don't know what an apology is. Satisfied that the bulldog was too crushed in spirit to attack him again, Jack Benson stepped with soft tread onto the pier. Bit by bit he drew nearer to the schooner, less than a dozen feet from her stern rail. He halted for a final observation. Captain Redbeard, if aboard and asleep, was the kind of man who might be counted upon to have a mighty snore. Jack listened for fully a minute, but without result. I believe the fellows that work aboard here are all ashore in their homes for the night, Jack muttered, so there can't be any risk in slipping aboard. Cautiously, the young naval lieutenant put one foot over the rail and listened again. 
next he drew the other foot after him the hatchway and windows of the cabin were fastened there's no one sleeping aboard then unless he's sleeping in the hold or out on deck the deck is not a likely place cautiously with an eye to landward all the while the submarine boy made his way forward there was no one in the galley which was not even locked but the hatchway over the hold was padlocked into place a new hatch cover mused lieutenant jack kneeling in order to get a better look in the blackness that prevailed this is a good deal better hatch cover than a thrifty skipper would bother to put on an old fishing boat my but it's solidly made now fish isn't a cargo that has to be protected especially from a little salt water that might drain into the hold by the way though this may be a fishing boat it is remarkably free from any odor of fish jack benson i believe your lucky star is shining up there somewhere behind the rain clouds for it looks as though you were at last on the right track after all these weeks so absorbed had the young lieutenant become in studying the hatch cover and in noting the absence of the odor of fish that he did not see two figures move upon the little pier from the land yet presently the submarine boy's sharp ears caught the sound of footsteps benson looked up with a start to see two men within forty feet of the schooner if that's the skipper i'm a fool to be caught in this manner gritted the submarine boy there was no time to do anything except to throw himself flat on his stomach and crawl rapidly to the starboard side of the cabin even here he would not be hidden in case the two men boarded astern then for a few seconds jack waited in breathless suspense the two men did not approach in any seeming hurry it's going to be a black night skipper suggested jake all the better for us came the gruff reply which made jack's heart leap with joy for now he felt all the more certain that he was on the track of the marine evildoers Whoomp! came a line aboard at the stern throw off the bow line jake ordered the skipper then jump aboard it won't take us over two hours to get out there will it inquired jake not if the wind holds the way it is but i'd rather wait an hour out on the water than be five minutes late you know how fussy a certain party is these words filled jack benson with all the greater hope of being on the right track as the skipper had halted in front of the cabin jack now had to make a lightning choice should he try to remain aboard taking great chances or should he slip overboard joining the grant as speedily as possible and then try under cover of the night to give secret chase to this schooner of course if i go on the grant jack breathed quickly to himself i will have to take considerable chance of being caught in the wake of this craft if we were once sighted the smugglers would have all the alarm they need and we might never catch them in the act but if i remain on board this little schooner how much chance have i 
of managing not to be discovered here thus was he tossed between the uncertainties afforded by either course of action End of chapter four recording by john brandon